This episode is brought to you by Happy Mammoth. Listen, over the last weekend, I went to a family reunion. And unfortunately, that fell on that particular time of the month that all of the women know what I'm talking about. So I had an attitude. I wanted to eat everything. And I was in the South, which means I wanted to eat everything that was terrible for me. And overall, I just wasn't feeling it. I had a great time, just wasn't feeling like myself. Now it's easier to manage PMS with estro control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now, here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the show code BLESSED at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code BLESSED for 15% off today. This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. I recently flew Delta, I want to say about a week ago now, and I was coming back home from being in Atlanta for a speaking engagement, and Delta just gave me such a wonderful experience. And it really was the icing on the cake of just such an amazing weekend that I had. Some of the things that I love particularly about my Delta airline experience was first, the amazing customer service. Everyone there was so kind, so welcoming, so present, so attentive. And a small thing, but was big to me, was just something simple as having headphones so that I can enjoy more than a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment. I mean, my flight wasn't that long, but I got to catch up on a movie, some shows, just things I don't have time to do usually at home. I was able to enjoy that in the air. Delta also offers fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi, and it's available for SkyMiles members. Being able to access the Wi-Fi, I was able to order some groceries and just get a head start on my week. It was a great end to my experience and ushered me right back in to be at home. So even if you're not home yet, Delta Airlines helps you feel a little bit like it. Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a special series here on the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast called She is Uncompromising. Women are constantly told to sacrifice ambition in order to have the rich family life that we all deserve. That's a lie. When we quietly accept this lie, we kill an important part of ourselves and our destiny. We compromise who we are until we end up unhappy and failing to fulfill God's plan for our life. Total life success means the baby and the business the thriving marriage and the growing company, purpose and profit, destiny and dedication to the path that is predestined for you. It's whatever makes you happy, whole and fulfilled. My latest book, She is Uncompromising, reveals the hard-won lessons and spiritual truths that can help all women take control of their lives. It's filled with poignant scriptures, intimate stories, practical exercises, and it's a must-have blueprint for building an unbreakable foundation of faith, family, and abundance. You can grab your copy today at tatumtamia.com book or click the link in the show notes. Over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be sitting down with people who exemplify this same message by being uncompromising in their own life. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast and another installment to our She is Uncompromising series. So we have Dr. Charlotte Walker back here on the show. She is our, Charlotte does a lot, but I'll introduce her or reintroduce her as our residential Bible teacher. Uh, Charlotte does Bible studies in the society, is a great resource, even for me. Um, to just understand the word and, and going deeper in the word. And I wanted to, on this series, talk about being uncompromising about understanding and applying God's word, because it's something, in my opinion, that when it comes to this Christian life, it it gets glossed over. We talk so much about the stuff of maybe like going to church or um, the work that we can do for Christ, but something we've even been talking about in the society is it's not about what we can do for God. It's what we can do with him. And in order to do things with him, you have to know him. Right. And so um, I just really want to talk about the importance of understanding the word, because it's so dangerous when we rely on third party interpretations via um, you know, sermons or other people or prophets and all of that. We've even had a few guests on this show talk about you know, folks who prophesied to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I, it's so important that we know the word, the context of the word, and that we live it out because it's this manual that we have. And I personally believe it's it's often underutilized. And I wouldn't even say that it's underutilized by the fault of the individual, but really just because they don't know. Yes. And so I want to address that. And we can start there first. Uh, for the new believer who wants to live for God, they want to study the word, they want to understand the word, how are they, how can they really get acclimated to studying the Bible? So I think it's, you said a lot, the first thing being that it's not by our own fault. 
we get told to do a lot of stuff when we first get saved. They're like, pray, fast, come to church, do all of this, read your word, but nobody gives the how. And so that's really where I found myself. I was like, okay, cute. But I'm over here and King Jimmy's like, and these and the vows and the thusest whilst doing. And I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Mm-hmm. So I often tell people, especially when they first get saved, the most important thing is getting a translation that you understand and that you can comprehend. Because just because your granny read King James Version does not make that the best version of the Bible for you. And there are some different, you know, nuances with the translations, but you can never go wrong with like the NLT, which is the New Living Translation, the Amplified Version of the Bible, um, even the message. If you really don't understand, the message will gather you. It is the message. <laughs> it is the core of what we are saying here. Um, and so I, I definitely always tell people to start there. Get a translation you can read. Then start in a place of where you are, Right. The Old Testament is very, very valuable. We should read it. We should study it. There's a lot to learn from it. I wouldn't start there. I found myself frustrated because I'm starting in Genesis because I think I'm supposed to read this thing chronologically um, as it's written. And I'm like, so what I get what this got to do with me, but also what this got to do with me today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always recommend starting in one of the epistles. Uh, so any of the letters that Rob, that Paul wrote. So Romans, um, Ephesians. I love starting in Romans and Ephesians. Romans will let you know everything that you've gained with this new salvation that you have, what it means. Ephesians is going to give you a lot of that lifestyle stuff because Paul is writing these letters to people who are just like us. They just got saved, these Gentiles, and they're really trying to figure this thing out. And so a lot of practical questions are answered in those epistles because they first had these questions to ask. So if you are new and you're trying to figure out what to do, get you a, a translation of the Bible that you can read, preferably a study Bible, because it has commentary at the bottom. You're going to have maps and everything else that you need to really get the total context of the word and start in the epistles. We can You can skip around. You don't have to read in order. Don't like starting at Revelation. Don't do that. <laughs> like that's unnecessary. Starting in the Old Testament can be rough because it's a lot of like lineage and heritage. And this person begot that person who begot that person. And it's just a lot. And so you can find yourself not fully understanding the power that is in the word when you don't start in a place that speaks to you to begin with. So mm-hmm. I always say start with Romans because you're going to learn everything about your salvation. That's where we learn that we're new creatures in Christ and everything else. Um, yeah, that would be, that would be the most practical, those practical tips there. Okay. So the first thing would be start in Romans. I love that. Cause even, you know, talk about being transformed. It also talks about how me and BJ were actually talking about Romans recently. And he was saying he was somewhere else in the Bible and it took him right back to Romans. Um, so that's good. I love that. Most people, well, I've heard a lot of people talk about starting at the Gospels so that you can learn about, you know, Jesus' ministry when he was uh, on the earth. But I think that's a good point is to start where you are, which is at the point of being transformed when you're early on. And Romans is a good spot for that. Someone who takes his advice, they started in Romans, they have a study Bible. What are some other things that they can use or tools that they can use to be able to understand it? So I 
love Bible Project. Bible Project is thebomb.com. They have YouTube. They have free apps, uh, a free app that you can download. And what I do, and I even did this, and I did a summer semester in seminary, and I used the Bible Project YouTube videos. They have um, summaries that they've written out. So before you even start to read Romans, I oftentimes will go, go to the Bible Project, their website, the app, or their YouTube channel, find what I'm looking for, and they do a great summation of what this is, what to expect. They have little drawings. It's amazing. And so then you can kind of write down some points, and then you'll start drawing those inferences in the text. I also love Got Questions. It is literally Google for Jesus. Like you could type something in and they're going to give you information that is accurate and back with scripture and it's in context. So I there were a lot of things that I were that I was taught in the church um, or taught by Christian culture. And then I go to God questions to really try to find what the word has to say about it. And was really uh, surprised to find that, like, nope, this doesn't mean that. So Got Questions is a great place to get context around questions that you may have as you're going through and you're studying. Um, And it's going to be sound wisdom and sound advice. I also love Bible Hub Lexicon. Um, As you get into reading the Bible, you may find yourself trying to uh, navigate what this word means or that word means. If you're first saved, though, I you don't even have to go this far. There's a lot of information at the surface before <laughs> before we get to getting into the Hebrew and the Greek. But um, the Bible Hub lexicon can be a really great tool. And then finally, I love Bible Gateway. So let's say you buy your your NLT Study Bible, and you want to see it translated across different um, translations of the Bible because they read different. And a lot of times it is really impressive. Like, so if I have an NLT and I'm really not getting it, I'll pull up Bible Gateway. What the message? Give me the message version. Mm-hmm. And you can compare side by side. So those are some really great tools. But Bible Project, Bible Project, Bible Project is a great resource, especially if you're just starting out. They even recently started doing like some classes. Um, they have some classes on like how to read the Bible and different structures and things like that. So all of that stuff is available. So you can really learn how to utilize this gift that we have from God, this manual to live life. It gives you that foundation. And I think that that's the piece that we're missing. I love that. And actually, you guys, I'm going to put all the resources that she's mentioning into a document. So if you click the link in the show notes, by the time this comes out, you'll be able to download the resources and see you know, what you need based off of where you are. I loved how you talk about using these tools to amplify the text versus because I I think a mistake that I made, I wouldn't call it a mistake, but something I would do differently when I first got saved was I would use like the Bible app and I would go to the different plans and I would allow the plan to take me to the text. And essentially, that's just a written version of a sermon. Do you know what I mean? By allowing someone else's outline or interpretation to yep. tell me where to go in the word. Yep. And I, I believe now, looking back, that that was backwards. And I wish I would have just started with the text as it is mm-hmm. and then use tools or commentaries to maybe illuminate things in the text versus the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, so those things, I always tell people it's like 
you know, the, the word is the bread of life. Jesus said, like, you know, man should not live by uh, bread alone, but for every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So if the Bible is the bread of life, then the sermons and the podcasts, all of these things are supplements, mm-hmm. right? You need nutrition. You could take multivitamins every day, but if you did not eat actual food, you would still be deficient and you would still have illnesses present in your body. You can't survive just off of supplementation. The supplements aren't bad. They're beneficial. They can enhance the the food and the nutrition that you take in in your meals. But the same way with the word, you can do the study plans, listen to the podcast, watch some of the sermons because some of them just are wrong. And you can do all of those things and it be a supplement, but it does not replace you. It's not a meal replacement. Mm-hmm. And so we have to understand that. I love that. I was uh, talking to someone today and it brought me back to recently I was in Nashville and I went to a museum. So I went to the, it was the African-American Music Museum. And I was excited. I love bobbing through a museum and reading everything. And um, I was in a section for the longest, the gospel section. And what was so interesting to me as I was reading through it, because we know Christianity is a religion that many of the slaves adopted from the slave masters and things like that. And then uh, gospel music and this Christian Black American culture has really evolved from that time period. What was so interesting to me is as I was reading it, none of it, none of the church communities or the gospel communities or the Christian Black American communities were based upon applying the word, studying and applying the word. It was based upon activism, encouragement, inspiration, you know, is is what they use to make it day by day. It built community for them to be able to um, just have some sort of life outside of the evil that they dealt with on a day to day. And it was so interesting to me because it's like, this is probably why today we have so many issues living out the word of God. And I was talking to my trainer earlier and she was saying how she was having a conversation with like her grandmother. And she was like, I don't understand how y'all are. Y'all know the Bible front to back, but you don't live it. (laughs) You know it front to back, but actually applying it and living it out and seeing a fruit of a, a righteous life. You don't see it. And I was telling her the same thing. And I'm like, it's because they were not taught to live it out. They were taught to use it for encouragement. They were taught to to, uh, be inspired by it. This is a community thing. It's not necessarily something that was rooted in truly accepting Christ as your savior, being dependent on Christ, and also using the word as a blueprint and a map for your life. And it was just such a big aha moment for me. Like, yeah. oh, this is what, from the beginning of the time, this has been wrong. Yeah. And we're still today trying to figure that out. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about now, so we talked about highlighting the text and understanding it. What steps do we take for what we're ingesting for us to then start living it out? Yeah, I love that. I want to add to that because me and my granny had to have a conversation because I'm like, if you, she said, like, my grandmother's faith is so beautiful to see. She literally has an alarm and at 82 years old, be on her knees 
we needed help to get up. Yeah. My knees in her Bible. And it hurt my heart because she struggled with anxiety really bad. And I mean, real bad. And I asked her, I said, Grandma, like, it's clear that you read this word, that you believe in God. Like, your faith is so beautiful to watch and see. But it breaks my heart that you're still, like, bound by some things that if we applied this, it would make sense. First things first, a lot of them were not allowed to read. Right. Right? So they don't have the level of education that we have as in our generation. They were not allowed to read. And I even did some some reading um, and I read somewhere that some of the slave owners wouldn't allow their slaves to even have a Bible or learn about Christianity because they would understand the level of freedom that they should have. Mm-hmm. And so it did just become this source of encouragement because of the times if they would have known about Jesus and they would have been able to actually read the fact that when God talks about slaves and slave masters, it was a different system than what the United States adopted. Of, co- of course, little Lucy took it and perverted it. It was an economic thing back then, kind of like a job, like I owe you money, so I'm going to work this off. And masters had responsibilities to their slaves and slaves had freedoms and they had privileges and they like it wasn't like what we know slavery to be. And mm-hmm. so they would not give their slaves the Bible and allow them to learn how to apply it for their lives because they would there would have been an uprising. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is, that makes so much sense. And that's wild. But then my question was to my grandma, what happened between the generation between us? Yeah. So like, okay, I get it. You know, you, my grandma, I think she finished, she stopped school after the eighth grade because she was working on the family farm and all of that. So that makes sense. But the generation between us somehow, somewhere it, the click didn't clack. (laughs) (laughs) And so we were just talking about that. So I love that you brought that up because they used it for what they could and mm-hmm. it served a great purpose, but it was not the totality of what the word is supposed to do. So the mm-hmm. word is supposed to encourage us, but we're also empowered by the word. And the empowerment that the word gives us is not simply by us gaining the knowledge, but that's why Jesus left the Holy Spirit. Like that's why the Holy Spirit had to come. He lives on the inside of us and then he empowers us to do the things. Right. So my first piece of the answer of your question is that just finding, learning to spot the applicable pieces of the word, mm-hmm. right? Some of it, we sometimes we are so deep that we don't understand how simple and practical the word of God is. The word of God is the epitome of he said what he said. <laughs> Some of it has a deeper meaning like the parables and things like that, where you're able to draw the inferences and see what Jesus is talking about. But a lot of it is like, no, I said, don't do that. And so that's, that's what I said. (laughs) Right. And we have a tendency as humans to try to take what God said and make it fit our narrative. Mm -hmm. What we wanted to say, no, he's very clear. I said, don't do that. And so once we understand the simplicity of God's word, it's a lot easier for us to apply the principles of God's word. Yeah. The biggest issue is that most times outside of the knowledge deficit, 
we're not ready to surrender. For real, for real. Mm -hmm. Like we aren't ready to submit to God's plan. We're not ready. We're not ready. We like our flesh likes sin. Yeah. And so we get really caught up in some of these different um, details that aren't even in the Bible. Right. So we talk about things like demonology and for people who are called to those areas that may have its appropriate place, if you're a deliverance minister and all of that. However, we're out here talking about all these different spirits, but you struggle with the spirit of fear. It's clearly in the word. <laughs> like, right. let's address this. And so I think it's a piece of us not having the knowledge. Partly, we aren't really wanting to be submitted. And then finally, us getting so caught up with stuff that's not in the word, us wanting to add this level of, of extra, just like for lack of a better word, like we're just very extra at the species. We do the most. And God's like, no, just what's in here is good. His word is perfect. It's good. It is what he said. It's his word. It's God breathed. It's living. And it's sharper than a two-edged sword. In 2 Timothy, it talks about how it's good for correction and reproof and instruction. James says that if you ask God for wisdom, he'll give it to you without rebuke. So mm -hmm. this is the source. All of these other things are supplemental, but we have to start here. Yeah, I loved how you talked about we love to to use the word for what to fit our narrative. And I think that's the struggle that happens to living it out, even for myself. When I first got saved, it was a struggle because I'm like, okay, I'm reading this. And even as I started to understand and comprehend, again, my flesh wants to sin. Yes. And it was this constant internal battle with me where I was like, God how am I supposed to do this? <laughs> like I'm, I'm reading it. I understand it, but how am I supposed to do this? And initially, and this is why I have the differentiator between getting saved and getting saved, saved, mm -hmm. because that internal battle, when I got saved the first time, it wasn't enough for my lifestyle to change. Yeah. It was, I didn't, I didn't have the tools. I didn't, I'm not even want to say I didn't have the tools because that's giving myself an excuse. I didn't want to surrender. And so I didn't. Yeah. And by the grace of God, he never gave up on me, but I didn't want to surrender. I still wanted to be in these streets. I still wanted to do the things that my flesh wanted to do. I didn't want to surrender. And it didn't. And it came to a point where, um, you know, when I got saved, say where I was finally ready to surrender. And that's when God really could transform me because I had an open and a willing heart. And then the same, I still had the same internal battles, the same tug to go back to what I'm used to, but it wasn't as powerful because I didn't want to do that anymore. And I, and I always stress when it comes to this walk with God, the importance of honesty, because that's the foundation of, of any relationship. Yeah. And we have to be honest with God as opposed to just trying to be perfect and wear this mask and do all the right things and hide when we do the wrong things. Yeah. Coming to God and saying, hey, God, listen, I'm reading this word. I I'm reading that it says, let me be a transformed by the renewing of my mind. But my mind feels the same. Yeah. So how do what is that? How do I renew that? Yeah. I'm upset at the fact that I have to keep my body to marriage. I'm scared. What if I get married and the sex sucks? Yeah. Can we talk about that? Like, you know, these are honest things yeah. that we have to. And, and I think that is the true foundation of 
truly being able to live this out yep. is having is being honest about that conflict that we all in, are going to encounter because our flesh want to sin. Like it's a fact. Yes. And that and it's through that honesty that God will then change our appetites. He'll come in and supernaturally change our likes and our dislikes where he can work with that and really start. And then we can start to really live that out. Mm -hmm. And not even just honesty, transparency. Yeah. Like he already knows your heart and your thoughts. Mm -hmm. So let's just talk about it. But what I found, even for me, is that growing up, especially black and brown children, you do not question authority. authority. Mm-hmm. It's deemed disrespectful. It's deemed like you are belligerent or you may not have faith because you're questioning God. And that is a lie from the depths of hell. Mm-hmm. God is a father. If he's going to give us wisdom without rebuke, we have to ask the questions. If we're going to get the true help that we need, we have to be transparent. It's one thing to be honest. If I catch you in a lie and you tell me that you lied, (laughs) okay, well, great. I caught you. It's another thing to know that you, to realize you made a mistake and say, God, look, I made a mistake and I see how I did this. I need you to help me in this piece. So even being honest and transparent, there's a different level of vulnerability in your transparency. Yeah. It's a different, it's, you're willingly giving up this information. You're surrendering this part of your life and really allowing God to be a part of everything that you are and what you do and all of that. And I think that on top of us not asking the questions, we have to realize that God knows that we can't do this. And he doesn't hold us responsible to do it on our own. That is why we have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Because we can't. The Old Testament is proof of that. The Old Testament was not to demonstrate to God. He already knew that we couldn't do it or the garden would have never happened. Mm -hmm. But it was to demonstrate to us as people that we are not worthy, nor are we able to live the life of righteousness that God is, is calling us to. We cannot meet God's standard without his help. Mm-hmm. But you can try. You could try to follow all the 613 laws. You could try, but it's not going to work. That's why we have to do all of this atonement and all of the stuff that you see in the Old Testament. And so Jesus comes. He lives the life. He dies. So this is the greatest sacrifice ever. And now we have the Holy Spirit who is our advocate, he's our helper, he's our guide, he's our teacher, he's our intercessor. And we do not acknowledge him enough in our life because we're not taught to partially. Um, We also don't heed to the promptings that he gives us and it causes us to struggle. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite. 
Now listen, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. It's not just about the gross, but it's about what we net, what we take home. And NetSuite gives you the perfect opportunity to net more. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing in accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. With the way that the economy is looking right now, everything costs so much. So when it comes to these businesses, we have to make sure that we are cutting costs and finding ways to save money and boost performance at the same time. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash blessed. netsuite.com slash blessed. netsuite.com slash blessed. Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. It's that season, y'all. And by season, I mean allergy season. I'm someone who has seasonal allergies and it's the worst. My nose gets stuffy. My throat gets scratchy. Sometimes I'll come on and want to record my podcast and sound like a grown man. But Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I have been using Claritin D for many years. One of the biggest struggles that I have with my allergies is that they usually cause sinus problems as well. So Claritin D has been such a relief for me because it addresses not just the allergies, but the sinus issues that happen as a result of the allergies. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. I did a study on, um, I'm studying through Proverbs because I need all the wisdom I can get. And my first question was, first of all, how did Solomon get all of this wisdom? <laughs> what you asked? Because I want to ask it too. Because if God is not a respecter of persons, then it's available to me. And a lot of times, and this is what we talk about Bible translations, we hear Solomon pray to ask God for wisdom. He asked for way more than that. When you read it in um, the New American Standard Version of the Bible, is the, the translation that's word for word. It doesn't read pretty or is easy sometimes because it is word for word in the Hebrew and the Greek. It don't make sense in English. It just be like, wait, what in the Ebonics? But it's, <laughs> it's, it is a great resource. And so when you look at it in the NASB, 
he asked for an understanding heart and the ability to rightfully judge God's people. We just kind of clump that together as wisdom. So of course I'm like, okay, what does it mean to have an understanding heart? Because I use my ears to hear. Right. But an understanding heart, when you look at it in the Hebrew, it meant that you hear with the intent to obey the instruction. Mm. I don't have that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like I come to God in prayer. I want to hear what he got to say. But truthfully, I already know how I want this to work out. So I'm not even really asking what you want me to do. I'm asking you to make what I want to happen to come to pass. Yeah. And that's the struggle. Because we come to God not fully surrendered and submitted to the not my will, but yours be done. Mm-hmm. Now, this is what I would like to happen. But not my will, yours be done. Jesus was like, if there's any other way, let your boy know. Right. If not, not my will, let yours be done. And so we struggle with this partly because of our flesh, um, partly because of the enemy exploiting the things of our flesh, right? Like that's, we're in spiritual warfare. And the newest revelation that I've, I've gained is that it isn't making sense to me a lot how much time we spend talking about Lil Lucy and all of his antics because he's defeated already. And so I'm like, okay, hold on. If he done lost, what is the play here? And truthfully, this walk is us understanding that, yes, he's defeated, but he still has power, a level of power that God has given him to be able to have. He can't do nothing without checking with God. And the goal is really for us to learn how to identify the things of our flesh deal with those with the Holy Spirit because all of Lucy be doing is exploiting the cracks in the armor. So mm-hmm. if you know that I got a quick temper and I'm ready to fuss you out at any given moment, if you know that crime mob, knuck if you buck, is on the <laughs> inside of my heart. And if I am not aware enough of that and not constantly surrendering that part of my life and my heart to God and getting the tools that I need via the Holy Spirit to deal with it. Yeah. Lucy absolutely is like, let me exploit that real quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let me show you what I can make you do. And so it's less about the, the power that the enemy has and more about the access that we give him because we don't guard our hearts and our minds and live in the way that God has written out in his word. I love guarding our hearts and our minds because this is something we skip. Yes. And I think we skip it. It's more is it's so much more important for us in this digital age to prioritize that because we consume so much information on a day-to-day from television, social media, radio, podcasts, uh, the places we go. There's so much that we ingest on a day-to-day. Literally, I don't even understand how you can fight through that yeah. unless you limit it. I don't see how you can fight through that for the word and for and, and to really be dependent on the Holy Spirit when everything is so loud. Mm-hmm. And even myself, this has been a battle for me where um, I'm somebody who is anxiety prone. 
And I understand myself enough to be able to identify. I've been able to identify over the years when my anxiety gets bad. It usually gets bad when all the noise is louder than God's voice. Mm-hmm. When I'm moving too fast and I'm getting ahead of myself, I start feeling overwhelmed or like things are out of control and that makes me anxious. But when I am prioritizing that God's voice is going to be louder than everything else, I'm good. Yep. And even you, I think you gave this definition of anxiety is a lack of focus or yeah. shift in focus. Is that what you said? It's, it's, a, it's being torn into two directions. So it's really a distraction. The The definition in the Greek of... Or it could be the Hebrew, wherever that scripture is, is where it's, it is. But it's being divided into multiple parts is, right. the, is the definition of anxiety. And a lot of us are just honestly spiritually overstimulated. Exactly. And overstimulated, period. Yep. Even for me with, you know, us outside from outside stimulation. Yep. I don't know, marriage, kids, mm-hmm. my mouth is stimulating. Sometimes yep. I'm like, can everybody be quiet? The mm-hmm. other day, BJ was like, Man, you about to have all three of us, three guys in the house, and then yes. you. So what? He's like, I'm just going to keep you in prayer, please. Yeah, or take them to the park. There's <laughs> so a lot of Y chromosome happening over there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, sometimes he'll just take, you know, the baby to the park or whatever because I'm like, I am so overstimulated right now. I just got finished working. It's a lot happening. Yes. It's a lot happening in this house as well. Like it's yeah. a lot. And something that I've been going back and forth with with God about, because my focus right now is to really be dependent on the Holy Spirit. So I talked on the podcast about the Charles Stanley book. R.I.P. to Charles Stanley. I'm like, how come the week that I talk about it on my podcast, he died? Like, hold on, God. But he he was 90. He he went home. I want the Charles Stanley treatment or the Enoch. And I keep telling God this, when it comes time for me to go, can I get the Charles Stanley where I'm at home peacefully, just on my way out the door? Or can I get the Enoch where you just whip me up real quick and nobody ever. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, God, I need to, I need to make it to a hundred. I'm not trying, I'm not 90 too soon for me, even in my head. Like, God, I need a, I need a hundred. Let me get another but- <laughs> But yeah, no, th- that book has been amazing. And he actually um, talks about surrendering versus us rededicating ourselves. And he gathered me whole on my drive to work yesterday uh, when he talked about it, about how oftentimes, again, we're trying to do this for God, right? And so when I rededicate myself, it's, okay, God, I'm sorry, and I'm not going to do this again. That's, you will. Because you're trying to do it in your own strength mm-hmm. versus someone who surrenders. And he made a, an inference from the war um, in Iraq when Iraqi soldiers come out. Like, they're not like, okay, our bad. We'll never do X, Y, and Z again. It's like, nope, we are fully at your, um, under your guidance. We have to go where you say to go. Our hands are raised. We don't have any weapons. We are just, we are surrendering. And that really, I have been meditating on that for the last day. And I'm like, this is so good because we're taught to rededicate ourselves and we be up there every other week, every other week. And if we just surrendered ourselves, we would see the transformation that we're praying for. Yeah. 
And, and even going back to what you were saying about how much access we give the enemy. And yeah. so, like I was saying, for me, just being dependent, just trying to live day to day where I am dependent on the Holy Spirit and in my own reflection and thinking about, you know, how I do things in the day to day. I'm like, how can I be dependent on the Holy Spirit when I've crowded my whole day with noise? That's louder than him. When I have provided all of these doors for the enemy to get to me, because when I'm, you know, I may think I'm mindlessly scrolling, but that's an opportunity. I may think that I am, um, you know, just taking a break and I'm not waking up early. I'm sleeping in versus getting up and spending time with God like I usually do in the morning. But that's an access point that I'm opening up for the enemy. I'm starting my day without my armor. And so for me, as I was, as I've been seeking God on behalf of this, something that I've been drawn to do is just kind of pulling back, identifying these doors and closing them. So not just doing a social media fast when we do it with the society, but being like, you know what? And I I told God this too in prayer, especially after I, as I'm going on maternity leave, I'm like, God, we're going to have to find another way because the whole being online thing and all of that for me. It's too much. I'm overstimulated. Like I said, it's like it's, it's just too much. I'm tired of all of the content that other people are creating for me to consume. I'm tired of all of the ads and then because they come in at the right time because the, the enemy working in these retargeting uh, AI oh systems and all of that too. And so it's just so important that we are all self aware on the access that we give the enemy. You touched on it before too, spending too much time on stuff that don't matter. We yeah. spend too much time naming the spirits when the, the solution is the same for all of them. Yes. I don't care if your name is whatever. You can be Moana. You for gotta do. Bye. You're you welcome. Do. <laughs> That's it. So I, I, I really, really love that you touched on that. Um, and you and. And so we are talking about just the surrender aspect. Now, in order to surrender, you need that relationship. You need to be able to hear from God because it's a back and forth. Everything we're talking about is a back and forth. But something I found in, especially with new believers, and I want to talk about mature believers in a second, but new believers is that they don't understand how to hear God's voice. So can you speak a bit about how God uh, speaks to us and how people can determine if this is God or if this is me? Yes. So God speaks to us in several different ways. So dreams, sometimes some people have heard the big audible voice that has happened to me twice. And every time scared, <laughs> like, I'm like, wait, I mean, I, I heard you heard you this time. Like I hear you in my, that, that soft um, and gentle spirit that alive. Like I hear that often, but the, like, I hear you, like, you standing behind me in my ear. That's happened to me twice. Once in the shower, you could have texted me because I almost broke my neck. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> um, but in our dreams, um, in nature, God can speak to us. There's several different ways in which he does speak to us. The primary way at its core, the most foundational way that God speaks to us is through his word. And so once you're able to learn how to get in God's word and truly study his word, right? We love Joshua 1.8. We're really good at like only reading part of the instructions, which is why we don't get the fullness of the word 
there's three sets of instructions in Joshua. So we'll say, oh, I'm going to meditate on his word night and day. And you know, good and well, girl, you only spent five minutes in that version Bible app anyway, but whatever. <laughs> whatever. If you that's got more check done for the day to keep you. You just wanted your little streak to continue. <laughs> but there's three parts of, of instruction. The first is to study, not just to read, but to really study. The second is to meditate. Meaning that, yeah, you sit with it. You may have a sticky note on your, you know, at, on your desk in your cubicle and you're continuing to think on it. You may think about it as you're washing the dishes. This, this isn't as deep as some of us try to make it. And then the last piece is to obey. And then if you read the rest of the sentence, it says only then will you succeed in all that you do. So there's, there's some work and you want to do only then. Yes. You want to, you want to do a third of the instruction and get the success in all that you do. And so we trip ourselves up. And so the first thing you have to do is study God's word. Here is the way that I advise new believers to start growing this skill of discernment because discernment, there's there's a difference between the gift of discerning the spirits that the Holy Spirit gives and us having discernment a skill because we all are able to discern. In Hebrews, it talks about us growing in our skill of discernment. So we all have the skill of discernment. Here's what I recommend you do. You pray. When you get done praying, take some time to just sit and be. As you sit and you are being, write down whatever you hear. Don't question it. Don't give the enemy the ability to make you doubt because the Bible says when you doubt, now you going back and forth, toss back and forth. You ain't going to get nothing. So just write it all down. Then in your actual study time, go back and in God's word, find what was said, right? God is consistent. He's the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. So he's never going to um, contradict himself ever. He's the most consistent He's a rider, okay? He said what he said. Whether you like it or not, you can come back to it and spin the block. He's still going to be standing 10, I don't know if he got toes, but 10 toes down <laughs> in what he said. And so go back to God's word and find in the scripture within context what he said. I guarantee you that'll allow you to differentiate between like whether this was me or whether this was the Lord. Because he's not going to contradict himself. And you have to keep getting familiar with his voice, right? I've been with my husband for 15 years. I could be blind on the other side of the room and I can hear him. And I'm going to know it's him because I've spent so much time with him. I know his mannerisms. I know how he talks. I know kind of language he uses, all of it. And because we are in a new relationship with God, we have to build that same type of connection. We have to make sure that we're constantly connected And then we're going back to his word to make sure that what we hear is in alignment. So pray, write it down, and then go back and verify. Get the blue check mark it (laughs) in the word, okay? For free, $8 a month or whatever. $8 a month, sis. Uh -uh. Um, And so as you do that, you'll get to a place where you're getting more and more familiar with the scripture, and you'll be more confident in being able to discern when it's God. I love that because it's a relationship takes time to build. Yeah. And we just, we just want what, what we want, what we want 
and we want it right now. Yes. And I, I love that you reiterated that process because again, a relationship, it takes time. And as long as we stay committed and we continue to read the word and we continue to live it out and we continue to seek God and spend time with him over time, you'll start to recognize and be able to know that it's him right then and there without having to to do those steps. Yeah. There's no no connection. That's good. That's good. I want to transition a bit about or to talk about the mature believers. Mm -hmm. I was telling, um, I think BJ recently, I was like, man, it seems like in church, once you get past the, the babe stage and you get a little maturity, then you sometimes move up into like a leadership role to where you may serve. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, you might get ordained or something like that, but you become a leader, you serve and work in some type of way. But if it, it, it feels like we don't ever get past the, the uh, entry level conversation or you the next contestant on salvation is right (laughs) (laughs) and I I feel feel for me something that I felt like I was missing for a long time was going deeper in the word yeah because it it comes to a point when you're really living this life it's like okay I'm not I'm always going to wrestle with my flesh like that's a part of it but I'm at the point you know my flesh not winning as much I'm pretty chill and settled and committed in this walk with God. And again, that doesn't mean I'm not going to face difficulty, but my ability to overcome that difficulty is not as drastic or dramatic mm-hmm. as it was earlier on. Yep. And I felt myself just not having resources to go deeper in the word. And I was getting so frustrated for a long time because I'm like, God, where am I going to go? Like even with the text, I'm doing all the things. I'm using all the tools that we mentioned for new believers. But God, I want a deeper understanding. So how do I seek that out? Um, and so you and I talked about this before. And I think this was around the time where you were in seminary. So you had access to all of these different resources. Um, and so sometimes even now, I'll run it past you like, hey, what does your software say about this? Because I'm reading this and I feel like it's something there, but I'm not grasping mm-hmm. it. And so can you talk a bit about the importance of finding tools for us to continue to go deeper and then sharing what some of those are. Absolutely. So seminary, I've been to nursing school three times. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bachelor's, master's and doctorate. And I did one hot semester, um, a certificate program to get my certificate in biblical studies. And when I tell you it was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life, I wasn't ready. I was unready. I was like, Oh, this this is a lot. And my pastor was like, are you going to go back? The song said, I won't go back to the way. <laughs> but I'm grateful because what I did learn was I learned essentially how to go deeper, right? As we continue to grow, one thing about the word of God is that although it's consistent, although it never changes, the as we change, stuff hits different. Right. Right. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper and not to harm you in the beginning for me was something that excited me. I knew God had a plan for my life. I felt like it gave me purpose and encouragement. Recently, God ran me right back to Jeremiah 29, 11, And he was like, whose plan are you following? Mine or yours? And I was like, see, when I when I first started, <laughs> this was way nicer. Now, though, <laughs> now that I'm more mature. 
whose plan are you going to follow? If it's my plan, how are you doing steps in the plan without talking to me first? Mm-hmm. And I was like, correct. <laughs> right. So now that that scripture that once encouraged me, it still is an encouragement. However, it's also being used to discipline and refine me. And so God's word is living, breathing, and it never gets old. The same scripture, you can come back to it. And depending on where you are, you are going to get new revelation. The first thing that I learned that I really feel like changed the game for me was the fact that the Old Testament is written in Hebrew and the New Testament is written in Greek. And they have more sophisticated languages than English. English is just a bunch of stuff that we stole. We stole people and their languages, put them all together, and it make you feel bad for not knowing. (laughs) (laughs) And have the nerd be like, don't tread on me. What? (laughs) What is your problem? This country is wild. And so in learning that, I learned about a lexicon. A lexicon is essentially a collection of words in the Hebrew and the Greek that give you the definition of what they really mean. So when we talk about, um, I think it's Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, be anxious for nothing. We think anxiety is what we think it is, that I'm overwhelmed and whatever commercial, the medication be talking, like the pharmacy commercial be talking about those feelings. Whereas when you look at it in the Hebrew, it meant to be divided into multiple parts. You can still feel those feelings, but what it allowed me to see is the enemy in it. Yeah. So if I am busy, worried about two different things at once, I've now moved my focus and the enemy can come in and do whatever because I'm too busy back and forth between these two things. Not only that, but then I look at James 1 where it talks about what happens when you're double-minded and double-minded makes it seem as if I'm running back and forth, not knowing that my anxiety is a symptom of me being Mm double-minded. So the enemy uses fear to get us going back and forth so I can be fruitless. Yeah. Oh, you got me messed up. Right. But learning that did not come about until I understood what this word meant in the Hebrew. Same thing with the Greek. It's a lot more sophisticated, the language. And they have a lot of words that translate to English the same. And they mean two different things. And based on what it is in the in the Greek. And so Bible Hub Lexicon is a free website. You can literally go in, type in a scripture, and it will give you word for word based on the Hebrew or the Greek what it is, you can click on it and it gives you that added level of understanding. I'm a definition y'all to death because we don't really get the totality of what's being said. The reason that I am a new creature in Christ is because by definition, when you study salvation, it means to rescue you from something and to put you into a new place. So I can't be the same person. He's not just saving us from the burning building. He's saving us from the burning building moving us down the street and it's like, go that direction. Now we like to spend the block and come back to the burning building because you're like, oh, I just want to check, see what happened to the building. Is it still standing? (laughs) And he continues to come back, rescue us from and bring us into what's next. And so transformation is guaranteed. 
it's a lot easier when I see like, oh, this is what this means um, for me to understand the depths of what God is doing. And it allows me to make the word even more applicable. Mm-hmm. I love that. What's the other study? Is that the technology that you use? No, I use the Discovery Bible. So that was my next. So mm-hmm. I found the Discovery Bible because on Bible Hub Lexicon, they reference it. And underneath it, it was like, copyright this. I'm nosy. So I was like, click. (laughs) (laughs) Let me find out because these definitions are fire. And I found it and they actually do. um, You can test it. You can do like a free sample. It's not free, but it's well worth the investment. Um, We spend a lot of time investing into other areas of our life, our mental health, our physical health. And we do not take the time to invest into our spiritual health, which Mm -hmm. is the center of all of these other things. And so for me, it has been worth the money and then some. And so the Discovery Bible software, you can trial it. They have a way, like if you need to, they'll discount it. It's all the things, but you can, it's the Bible in the New American Standard Version and you click the word and it pops up. And not only does it give you the word, it talks about the literary constructs written about the word. So the little wavy line I'm learning is like, it's called like a a perfect is the um, the narrative behind it, but it's a continual action. So mm-hmm. when it says that you should keep on praying, keep on asking, keep on seeking, it means this is a continual thing. This never stops. Mm-hmm. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 